All right. Hey, welcome back to another Comic Book Friday on Seven Days to Rock and Stone Guardians. How's it going, Ryan? Uh, it's going pretty good, you know. Nice long week. Finally get a break. How about yourself? It's going pretty good. Watch the good, second good. episode of Moon Knight. That's oh my god, I know. That's really good. Yes, uh, action definitely super picks up in this one. Uh, I think this series is only going to be six episodes, so it's got to get moving pretty fast. Yeah, it's like, uh, wasn't Loki? How long many were Loki? I feel like uh, it was Loki more was than six. Eight? I think yeah. it was eight. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was six. Yeah, Fal- Falcon Winter Soldier was six. I think WandaVision was... Nine. Twelve? That was nine. nine. It was nine. Yeah, okay. because they dropped two, and then it was the subsequent seven weeks. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, I'm very, very excited for the third episode of Moon Knight after this week's episode. Especially because we got to see Mr. Knight. Oh, we did. We got to see Mr. Knight. We got to see Moon Knight proper. Uh, we got more interaction with Arthur Harrow and the cult of Amit. Wow, yes, we got uh, to learn a little bit more about his character, which was yes. cool. Yes, I thought that was a very interesting way to handle that, uh, especially since Harrow in the comic books only appears for a single issue. Really? Mm-hmm. Who's, yeah, the yeah, main, a... who's the main villain of Moon Knight's run? Uh, <laughs> there aren't really, like any one villain that I would say is his main villain. Honestly, his main villain is probably his disorder. Um, or you could even say that Khonshu is the main antagonist in that uh, series. Interesting. Well, with this new episode and the, the discovery that apparently Arthur Hera was at one point... Uh, spoilers, by the way. Um, oh, yes. Spoilers. <clears throat> he was at one point the avatar for Khonshu. And he decided that Kanchu was too much of a dick and wanted to go with someone else, who herself, from what we know, seems like even more of a dick than Kanchu, which I didn't think was possible after learning a little bit more about him. Right, uh, after hearing him uh, shout his things, which apparently Harrow can no longer hear since he isn't the uh, avatar of Kanchu any longer, uh, but is able to repeat almost word for word what Kanchu says to him. So it's very likely uh, he actually does know, or was at one point his avatar, unless yes, Ami yeah. is fa- is feeding him this bullshit. And, could be, could be. Um, we'll see. And of course, uh, Stephen doesn't know any better. He's not exactly Mister Double O Seven. Mark Spector would be Mister Double O Seven in this case. Yes, yes. Uh, Mark Spector, the international mercenary. Uh, So Stephen has shown uh, Mark Spector's background and what he thinks are terrible acts perpetrated by Spector, but are definitely warped versions of events. What I thought was a nice callback to the origin of Moon Knight and how he first got his powers. Yeah, and we just, we, we have no idea at this point. So it's going to be good. I think it's going to be very um, high strung, very high, yeah, yeah, yeah. high end uh, action. High action, high suspense. And yeah, it can only go up from here. I think it's going to be a very yeah, exciting I, couple episodes. I doubt, very, we, I doubt very much we're going to see very um, 
drops in action. Even <clears throat> with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it seemed like a lot needed to happen in the last two episodes because not a whole lot happened in the first four. Yeah, the first four were definitely building towards all of that action in the last two. Um, don't get I think me wrong. Was, there was, was a... setting up a lot of things and personal events for these characters. That, yeah, this per- that particular um, show was probably more of a setup for things to come, but and didn't really have any substance to it other than than setup and some backstory. Yeah, but... uh, I think it was also used to resolve some of the um, like what ifs about like what happens when half the population suddenly comes back. Yeah, yeah, that was. That was interesting. Although WandaVision started to taper into that a little bit. Excuse yeah, me. yeah. So, anyway, we're not here to talk about Moon Knight this week. Although it is uh, it's ex- especially um, awesome. And it's only going to get get better. <laughs> yeah. And after reading all of these um, things from last week that we talked about, I'm, I'm, I'm totally going to get the 2016... Um, Moon Knight number one, and move on from from that. Uh, that yeah, that's a really issues. great collection. And then, as always, I'm gonna suggest the twenty uh, two thousand six uh, Charlie Houston run. Yes, really, really good. So today we're talking about Carnage, who, in terms of the length of history that he has, is relatively new compared to Moon Knight. Came out in the early nineties, right? Yeah, 1991 is when we first see Carnage the first time in Amazing Spider-Man 344. I thought we only saw Um, Cletus Cassidy in that that volume. mm, I was reading about it I I saw some conflicting things. Yeah, I was reading about it today, and I think Spider-Man 344 is definitely debuted uh, with Cletus Cassidy as the intimidating cellmate of one Eddie Brock. Yes. Before we dive into Carnage, because it is going to be a a long road, uh, let's go over what came out this week for April 6th. Yes, Uh, before we get to check out leadcomicbookgeeks.com for the releases each week. Uh, So Marvel, Marvel gives us Moon Knight 10, which continues... uh, Mr. Knight and Mark Spector's run uh, with the Midnight Mission. There's uh, Devil's Reign 6, the finale of the uh, Kingpin mayoral debut. And there's X-Force 27, X-Force Annual 1, Fantastic 442, She-Hulk 3, X-Men Red number 1, uh, that one's an interesting one. I was going to say, She-Hulk's probably a good one to get into with the upcoming series coming up yes. soon. Um, I would say they're probably uh, going to be some similar issues echoing throughout the books and the show, which it seems to be what's happening right now in the books. Is you're getting a little taste of what's in the show, shows borrowing from the books, back and forth. And we're also um, going to get to see more Mark Ruffalo. So, honestly, that's yes. what I'm looking nice. forward to. Yeah, it should be good, for sure. Uh, I think that's a really interesting character to jump into. Although, uh, I'm kind of disappointed that Stephanie Beatrice is not going to be oh, She-Hulk. I, I am not disappointed in their choice of no, Their person. choice was great. 
Tatiana Maslany uh, is going to be, be great. Good. But they also have Jamila, um, Jamila Jamil. Yes. I believe that's her name. Jamila Jalil. Sorry. She is going to be playing. We've had a difference of opinion about how this is supposed to be pronounced, but I'm going to say Titania. Yeah, all right. <laughs> How's it supposed to be pronounced, Ryan, for the kids at home? Uh, Titania. That sounds stupid, and I hate it. Everything about it. You know what? Maybe you sound stupid. Maybe I do. I don't know. <laughs> is it GIF or is it GIF? Uh, first of all, it's GIF. It's a hard G. Uh, no matter GIF. what the Graphic guy... interchange format. Yeah, it doesn't matter I mean... what the guy who invented it says. It starts Oh, yeah, with... you know... Okay. Starts with a G, so it's definitely graphics interchange format, GIF. Yes. You heard it here, folks. The definitive answer on the worldwide argument. So silly. So silly. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, so yes, She-Hulk's going to be great. Let's continue on with what's been, uh, what's been out this, this past, uh, week. All right, we got X-Men Red 1. That is the X-Men team that is being formed on Mars. So Mars has been terraformed by uh, several Omega-level mutants from Krakoa and is currently being uh, regented by Storm and uh, mutants from Arako, the uh, partner island to Krakoa. In a separate dimension that Apocalypse supposedly came from? Yes. I was and, listening uh, to you last week. I hope you guys at home <laughs> were. Not last week, all the that, week before that. All that delicious, delicious info. Yes. So yes. Um, I mean, that sounds like a good one. Especially since it makes so much sense using Storm to Terraform. Wouldn't it? Yeah, it, it was Storm and uh, a lot of other mutants like Richter. Uh, I think Magneto definitely played a role. Jean Grey. Uh, there are a lot. There were a lot of mutants that were involved in that, and that is uh, in the aftermath of the X of Swords. That actually happens in the Hellfire Gala uh, arc of X Men, um, which we didn't get to talk about much. But uh, if you want to know more about that, read the Hellfire Gala books out of the uh, current X Men books out there. X-Men Red is going to be a, a good, interesting look into mutants from uh, that other dimension and how they differ from the mutants of Earth. Uh, beyond X-Men Red, we got Black Widow 15, Captain Marvel Annual 1, Strange 2, Marauders 1, a.k.a. the new Marauders, Star Wars Bounty Hunters 22, Spider-Punk 1, Ooh. Deadpool Bad Blood one, so we got some Deadpool in there for you, Kev. I love Deadpool. And the Thing Six. <laughs> so that's it for Marvel. They have a nice little slate out. Now is this the thing as in Fantastic Four's thing? You know, honestly, I couldn't tell from the cover. It could either be the thing or it could be the man thing. Oh, yeah. So it could be either. Okay. Um, All right. That's not a book I pick up. So. All right. It could be either. Fair enough. It would seem weird to, to do separate ones for Fantastic Four, but I mean, like maybe, you know, maybe characters this... go out on their own; they Let's get say, their own little arc. At this point, it might be good to do things like that. 
when you're running out of uh, ideas for stories. Well, I'm sure they've got plenty in the bank as far as stories go, and they're not afraid to modernize certain old stories. So I mean, we'll see. Not every arc is going to be good, unfortunately. No, I know. We, we, we know. Not, we know. Every, yeah. not every, every movie is going to be good. Like yeah. Every one of yeah. the Fantastic Four movies. Oh, speaking of movies, did you see the news about the star of The Flash? Ezra Miller? Ezra Miller, yeah. Yes, I did. I saw that he was in trouble. He was recently arrested for harassing someone at a bar. Yeah, for uh, harassment. Yeah, and I think he got an order of protection put on uh, the family whom he harassed. Yeah. So that... Awesome, and apparently the, his his entire uh, future as the Flash is is in question. Uh yeah, yeah. It sounds like uh, they may go ahead and just replace him. Grant Gustin, not just not yeah, just his best Flash, but the real Flash. I mean, absolutely. Like personally, I think they could do it. They can just say it's a multiverse thing that happened. Ooh, because that's what Flashpoint ties into, anyways. No. Yeah. I would be perfectly all right. I'm not a huge fan of Ezra Miller. I think he's an okay actor, but everything I've right. seen him in, you know, okay. Yeah, he's he's all right. He's just a background. He's just a background that. character. He's not really a main character kind of guy. He does I've well when he's like not the any of the movies he were in were like standout movies to me. At least he wasn't the character that stood out. He's not the case. He's not the main guy. He's a, he's like um, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner <laughs> is a fantastic actor, but when he's the main character, everything falls flat. Now I'll give yeah, him, I'll give him props. I'll give him props in the Hawkeye show when he was sort of in charge. It was good, and when um, Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop shows up, gets even better. So I don't know if it was just a just a, a little bit of an exception in that case, but he is a fantastic actor as long as he's not the one yeah. as the main he did, character. He did all right in that um, Mission Impossible movie, but he wasn't the main guy, so... He was in Mission Impossible? Yeah. I forget which one. I think it was Mission Impossible 3. I know the Bourne movie that he was in failed hard, hardcore. Oh, yeah, that was not good. But it, I think... It it definitely goes back to like either motivation or writing because he had pretty good in that. He did good in the Hawkeye series. He was decent in the Avengers movies. So he was great in the Avengers movies, especially because, like I said, he was not the main character. Now nobody really in the Avengers movie was the main character, but there were a set of main characters, which really he's good at playing off of other people. Well, I think they've refined that character a bit nicer. Um, like the first Avengers movie comes out and stands out to me as him being kind of an edgelord. And it was like, I know that what they were driving at, but it just didn't feel like very good. You know what I mean? That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> it is. That is my opinion. Uh, all right. Uh, DC uh, released Batman 122. Batman Killing Time number two. Uh, Batman Beyond Neo Year One. They're doing Batman Beyond comics still? Uh, This would be a new one. 
So oh. I don't think they've done some for a little bit, but there's a new one now. I would really I did like pick them that one to up, do, but I didn't read it. I would really like them to do a series on Batman Beyond, like a live action series. Uh, I mean, I think anything's on the table for them. Their TV series are doing pretty good. So. What they should do is bring back Michael Keaton as the older version of, of Bruce Wayne. They were going to in the Flashpoint movie. That's... no. Well, I mean, like, as the older version of Bruce Wayne in the Batman Beyond, if you remember the cartoon. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, I see what you mean. You know, um, which, yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. We'll see with the Flash movie. We'll suppose, see. I suppose. That'd be cool. Because that's, that's mostly shot, so it'll still come out. It'll probably just be his last movie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just like Will Smith had a last movie in King Richard. Uh, probably. Uh, well, we'll see. At least for a long he's time. Probably can, he's probably sure going to be... his own projects. I'm sure he'll be blackballed for a little while, but I'm certain he'll do his own stuff eventually. Right. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. He'll- I think we'll I find think, someone who can hire to film in. I don't, I'm I'm going to mention it as a small one off here. I don't approve of the slap, but I also think that Will Smith is a bit manipulated by Jada. I'm not I a huge agree. fan of her, and I've never really been a huge fan of her. None of her work is any good. I, was, I mean, I kind of feel bad for him. I was know? depressed that she was the only person they brought back in Matrix Resurrections that he would yeah, see. Yeah, the only, like, uh... The only character that would have... Yeah, the only tertiary yeah. character that they decided to bring back that was... that knew them, essentially. Right. And grew old during the time that uh, Neo was captured by the, the, the machines. Good. It was a good movie, but I don't, I don't like her. And now well, I don't, and now I don't like her as a person. I don't. I didn't like her as an actress before. Now I don't like her as a person. My my take on that whole thing is like you know whatever their interpersonal thing is the you know a joke that you know maybe went too far maybe it didn't but like where where is security? They don't yeah, that was a real surprise. People from just walk, walking up on the stage. Apparently, they don't give like, a crap if actors walk up on the stage. Well, right, because like they. They rehearse those things, like they reshoot shit. Like it, it's not like they wouldn't have known the cues. So, like, where was security? Not paying attention because apparently they're not paying attention. Yeah. Oh, but that's our little tangent. Right. Who cares? There's more. Moving on. There's more important shit to worry about, like comic books. So let's get like back. Comic to, books. Let's get back to DC. Yeah. Uh, so we got Suicide Squad fourteen. Wonder Woman Historia, the Amazons number two. World of Krypton, five. Earth Prime Batwoman, number one. One Star Squadron, number five. Monkey Prince, number three. And Flashpoint, Batman Night of Vengeance, number one. Ooh, nice. Yeah, a nice little roundup there. Nice, nice. Who's got Image. Image. So the image brings us the Scorched Four, Radiant Red number two, Little Monsters number two, Firepower 19. No, no hold on a second there. Let's, get, just, let's go back for Little Monsters. Yeah. Is this the Little Monsters that we saw in a movie with Fred Savage and Howie Mandel? 
I'm gonna say sadly no. It just looks like a, a little English child with uh, like a, some bloody implement. All right, I gotta look this up. You you can yeah, you, you gotta look that up. Uh, the Walking Dead Deluxe Thirty Six, Monkey Meat Number Four, New Masters Number Three. That's it for Image this week. Cool, cool. All right, we got some things from Boom. This does not look like the little monsters at all. Yeah, no, it's it's They're the last not. children on Earth who also happen to be. Yeah, it's nothing complete. It's completely different. Don't. Don't don't look at it unless you're into vampires. Okay. <laughs> it's not Howie Mandel, everyone. Or Fred Savage. Continue. Uh, I... <laughs> Continue. <laughs> okay. uh, from Boom, we got Alice Ever After, number one. Magic the Gathering, number 13. Jim Henson's The Storytellers, Shapeshifters, number two. And Buckhead, fifth, number five. That's uh, all the ones that I wrote down. Awesome. So you can check out the rest at leagueofcomicbookgeeks.com. Comic book. The weekly drops. Okay. That is pretty cool. Uh, I did want to mention to some people uh, who watch or listen, sorry, listen to our Stargate Sundays podcast that um, American Mythology Comics also makes a Stargate comic book. Ooh. Um, I don't think there's a current run of any move or any comic books at the present moment, but they have an entire section of uh, the shop dedicated to Stargate. Well, I'm sure you can bet if they start making new uh, Stargate uh, shows that we'll see some for sure. Mm-hmm. They have start. They have all three shows too. In term for uh, for books, okay. so they have Stargate Atlantis, Stargate Universe, and Stargate SG One. So very nice. In case anybody wants more content on Stargate, totally go uh, to AmericanMythology.net. That is where they are available. Sweet, sweet, sweet. Seem like Check a very out. yeah. Seems like a very small um, comic book store. They don't have a whole lot going for them. They've got some Laurel and Hardy comic books, some Three Stooges. Interesting. Um, Stargate is really their big their big thing, I think. So, okay. Yeah, shout out to them for making something. Yeah, check them out. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Uh, there is a, also there is titles to them that are still going. Uh, Hearts and Minds, Stargate Atlantis is still going. Oh. Uh, Singularity for Stargate Atlantis is also still going. At present, there are only three issues. I don't know if it's really going to continue. Who knows? Maybe it was set back by the COVID pandemic. One of those things. Just go check it out. If you love Star Stargate stuff, which I do. So I'm into any kind of content. So is that all the, uh, is that all new books that we've got this week? That's all the ones I wrote down. Cool. Check out the rest at League of Comic Week geeks.com um that's league of comic geeks.com check them out see what dropped check out the additional stuff i didn't write down because there are a lot of titles each week and my fingers get tired so and, uh, and my fingers get tired my, so check them out pens cost money so 
But thankfully not using a pen and paper, but oh, typing God. still God. like, you know. It hurts my fingers. Electricity my costs fingers. money. That's right. All that. So, all right. So, it's Carnage this week. I have a little bit of a, a question. Sure. A little icebreaker questions that we like to do. If you could pull a technology from the comics or the comic book realm, so MCU, DCEU, all that stuff's on the table here. Any kind of those technologies, which one would you most like to see come to fruition in reality? Oh, for sure. The uh, synthetic skin printer you see in the Age of Ultron movie. Oh. Oh, yeah. That would... Yeah, the one that they used to patch up Hawkeye. That would be that amazing. Would, that would be a medical miracle. Be able mm-hmm. to recreate skin grafts. Yeah, you'd be able to help burn victims. You'd be able to get skin grafts going for people who might have like lesions or other issues. That, that's that's a good one. I would. I mean, I'm gonna go straight for the heart of it. Ha <laughs> ha! That's a pun, but you'll get it in a second. <laughs> the arc reactor. I'd love to see, especially a portable arc reactor. Do you know how that, insane that kind of power technology would change our world? That sounds like um, how they used nuclear reactors for cars in the Fallout universe. Mm. You know, one fender bender, and then you've got a nuclear apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. Although, yes. But anyway, this te- <laughs> that technology could, if you could get that kind of uh, power wattage out of a small thing like that, you could run a car indefinitely. It'd be crazy. We'd all yeah, have electric I mean, vehicles, and they would cost pennies on the dollar. I mean, you know what would happen, right? No. You'd have a sitting congressman saying that it's the work of the devil and doing everything they could to keep it out of people's hands so you'd they have can make ex- more money. Yeah, you'd have ExxonMobil making it disappear. It may already exist, and it's already yeah. disappeared because Exxon bought up bought the... Uh, the technology and threw it away. We'd be 30 years ahead in electric vehicle technology had ExxonMobil not stolen the patents. I say stole, but they bought them legally and made them disappear in the 1970s, along with hydrogen cell technology and shit like that. And it's, it's stuff like that that pisses me off. You know, personally, to me, it just sounds like a, a poor like business choice because... Like you know, your product's gonna run out, or like, it's gonna instead become of, more and more difficult to get yeah. at and produce. But instead of like instead of investing know, in stealing the technology first, the te- like stealing the technology and then like selling it to make a profit, it's just it sounds stupid becoming the foremost like leader in research on it would be the would be the most efficient way to continue to make money in the long term run of things, but. American capitalism has never been about long-term gains. It's always been about short-term gains with long-term consequences, which is why well, we find ourselves in a recession every 10 years. It's true. It's true. And we Sorry. We're not going to get about, political about it on this one, but that's exactly what's happening. Commerce and, and I don't care I don't care which side of the aisle you're on. They're all law. fucking responsible. <laughs> we all know they're all responsible, and they're all assholes. So. <sighs> yeah. That's all I got. Um, 
I know I turned into World War Three there for a second. That's okay. S- it's, see me it's fly off the handle. Into, uh, World War Three, and here just a moment because we've got one of the most vile we uh, have Marvel of, villains in all of its history. I would say this is the most. It's it's hard to say. It's the most disturbed character we've ever seen in a comic book. Other than possibly the Joker, and and that's not the Joker in every series of the comics. It's like the Joker in only a few series of the comics. Well, the Joker is usually doing his things for some reason to provoke something out of Batman or some other hero to to get to some resolution. It's also that he doing wants the hero to thing for the to do, fun right? of it. He's doing it as a game, whereas right. Cletus Cassidy slash Carnage is doing it, as I understand it, because he loves doing shit like that. And that is sadistic. He does it for the pure chaos and joy of it. So if Carnage is a psychopath, I don't think anyone else can really be considered a psychopath as a comic book villain. Because not even... He would be a... If he's, there's a scale of 1 to 10, he would be at 35. You yeah, know? he's way up there. And what's really interesting is that, you know, kids... Because I grew up with this comic. Like, Carnage was a huge thing right around the time that I was starting to read books and shit. And this guy, I had no idea how actually dangerous it was. Because when you put it in a comic book format, it becomes like a cartoon. And it's hard for a, it's hard for a child to process that, let alone uh, have an adult try and process that and wonder why the hell this is designated for kids. Uh, but he is one of the most fascinating characters you'll ever read, if not the most sadistic. Yes. So let's dive into Carnage's origin. Cool, cool. So Venom returns to Eddie Brock in prison and helps him escape. And as they leave, he poops out carnage but he doesn't mention that to eddie yeah so that was uh, don't care for their spawn that was the amazing spider-man number 359 i believe uh yes Mm -hmm. so he makes a sort of cameo technically that's carnage but we don't know what it is or what it's named just yet right okay i did some research so i keep up with you so uh, uh, Clintar don't care for their spawn, so he doesn't bother mentioning it to Eddie. The uh, newly born symbiote bonds to Cletus Cassidy, who then also escapes prison. Now Venom 2, uh, the movie Let There Be Carnage, addresses why Carnage has a different and possibly stronger bond than Venom and Eddie Brock. Uh, Venom connects through neural passageways and Carnage bonds to Cleus Cassidy through his bloodstream, which means he also accesses him from uh, like his his bones, his uh, bone marrow. Yeah, the way they described it on uh, the Marvel Wiki is that he infected Cletus's blood, which essentially like bonds them together. Essentially, what they are is one. Uh, Cletus is Carnage, Carnage is Cletus. Rather, one personality uh, instead of where Eddie Brock and, and Venom are two personalities. They're separate and distinct. They usually refer to themselves as we, 
Whereas yeah. a lot of times Carnage will refer to himself as I. Yeah, I am Carnage versus we are Venom. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's uh, they're both sadistic and they're both sort of the same person. And the bond uh, between Carnage and Cassidy only gets stronger throughout the books and through time. Um, who? So it was um, David Michelini who wrote the original, uh, the original creator of Carnage. Yes, um, but we know that Venom was the creation of Todd McFarland. Yes. So, so we got uh, Michelini bringing in Carnage. And he was going to call him a couple other things. I, I, I found some fun facts. Apparently, one of, his, one of his first names for him was Chaos. He was going to call him Chaos instead of Carnage. And okay. then he's like, no, that, that's just too on point. Let's go with Ravage. And then apparently he thought that was a little too much for kids. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see the yeah. irony at this point. He thought that right. was a little too much for kids. It might sound a little rapey. So he went <laughs> carnage after that. And I'm like, yeah. oh, well, okay. let's, let's just point out in like some of the first books, the things carnage does are not exactly kid friendly. Definitely. Definitely not. <laughs> like ex- extremely not. I'll let you, I'll let you you describe some of the, just so just so the folks at home who don't know Carnage as well other than the movie will get the idea of yes uh, a massacre is essentially um, what you can call what Carnage usually does to his victims uh, and this is a a, a warning because it's going to be fairly graphic from this, this will point be graphic on. and we will make sure I put a a warning on our description. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we're going to talk about some notable series here. So one of the first notable Carnage stories is Maximum Carnage. Oh, have I got some stuff for that, but I'm going to let you go first. So I'm going to give a a quick synopsis, and then we're going to get into some of Kev's fun facts. Uh, So Carnage menaces New York City, creating murder and mayhem as Venom and Spider-Man must work together to find and capture the newest, baddest villain in the MCU. Carnage recruits villain Shriek, then Demogoblin and Doppelganger to help him terrorize New York while Peter and Eddie come to terms with a tentative partnership and eventually recruit other heroes with powers capable of damaging the Carnage symbiote, like Morbius, Captain America, Firestar, Cloak and Dagger, Iron Fist, Black Cat, and Deathlock. Shriek uses her psychic powers to force everyday people to go crazy and fight each other. So we see a lot of scenes in this book of everyday people like creating mayhem, driving their cars into each other, fighting in the middle of the street. Um, there are many scenes where you see Carnage uh, literally like stabbing people, decapitating them, dismembering them. Uh, there's a lots and lots of blood in this book. So, yeah, and I think we should mention uh, that the, the Clintar as a whole are sadistic. Now, Venom may be an exception because of his... The hosts that they bond to, as I understand it, usually end up changing their personality slightly. They also gain the abilities and personality traits of the original host that they took over. Yeah, they they do take a little bit of something out of every host. Yeah. Um, at, at, so in this case, Spider-Man, Peter Parker was the first one that he came into contact with. So, I mean, there's your 
there's your f- true heart right there. And then he he latched on to Eddie Brock. Now Eddie Brock's not the nicest fucking guy, but he's also got an ethic or sorry, an ethical slash moral compass. Well, he definitely starts out as a villain. So when he originally gets the Venom suit, his uh, first idea is to find and ruin Peter Parker uh, because of you know quote unquote what he did to him. Um, mm. You know this leads to you know fight between. Venom and Spider-Man, uh, which eventually resolves in, uh, you know, Venom fleeing, and uh, eventually, you know, learning to come to terms with his suit, and that, you know, it wasn't really Peter Parker's fault that uh, he lost his job. Yeah, but at the same time, Eddie Brock at heart really has a moral compass, as opposed to all of the other ones that the Clintar have really bonded with as hosts are usually villains with no moral standing whatsoever and that's definitely changed recently so um we see um a new host for the scream symbiote uh and andy benton who is uh like a conflicted individual but definitely not a villain but i mean i was getting to the point that cletus cassidy is probably the worst of them all for uh oh yeah one of these things to decide to inhabit slash take as a as a host right uh, I, I uh also uh additionally the the clintar the host doesn't always survive the bonding so uh you kind of see this in venom 2 where venom is like bouncing between hosts and they're kind of being left like ravaged on you the see all, you see it completely in uh in venom 1 the original movie yeah, because it took them forever to even find somebody that Oh, that's right. I that definitely they, forgot about that. Yeah, like they had an entire group of people that they were using as lab rats that couldn't uh, couldn't bond with any of the symbiotes, and they ended up losing one of the symbiotes because it died. But yeah, uh, the the symbiotes like feed off of their hosts. So that is a comic book fact. So that's cool. That's cool to know. Let's see. Where was I? <laughs> I don't know. I usually distract you too badly. okay so uh so we said shriek is using her psychic powers to force people to fight um it ultimately culminates in a fight between spider-man venom and carnage where spider-man has to stop venom from killing carnage or cassidy and carnage ends up in ravencroft prison for the criminally insane until the events of web of carnage but i'm gonna let you hit those maximum carnage Maximum Carnage facts. Well, number one, 1992 is the invention of the the character. Um, so, what what's the first thing that they decide they're going to do with that character? They're going to make a video game. They made a video game of it. It came off. Uh, came out on the SNES and the Sega Genesis. Um, let me let me just tell you, I played that game. That mm-hmm. game is awesome it was it was great it was one of the first games i had on the on the genesis it's one of the only licensed games uh it's actually the only licensed game on sega genesis that was red the cartridge was red oh i believe it's the same on snes it's the only licensed video game that nintendo ever let be red as the card which was interesting i mean i i had it on sega genesis and it was red so it was cool I also had Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. That one was blue. And uh, 
Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, that one was gold with a holographic, yeah. holographic on the on the front. That was awesome. Yeah, I love the gold Link uh, Zelda cartridges. Yeah, yeah, those were cool. So yeah, the Maximum Carnage was... Well, I'm going to go a little into the gameplay of that game. It's very, very similar to the Max Carnage storyline. Um, let's look at the, the synopsis here for it. Uh, Cletus Cassidy, the alter ego of the insane supervillain Carnage, escapes from Ravengroft, uh, and then he teams up with bloodthirsty villains Shriek, Carrion, Demogoblin, and Doppelganger, which sounds pretty similar to what you were saying. Yes. Uh, they immediately start killing people and causing complete mayhem around New York City. Uh, Spider-Man, after an encounter with Shriek and Demogoblin, gets wounded but saved by Cloak and Dagger. Uh, meanwhile, Vigilante Venom hears the Carnage's return and returns to New York and forms an uneasy alliance with Spider-Man. Uh, and then they go pretty much on from there. Uh, so gameplay in this case was you got to play as Spider-Man or Venom. At the beginning, you play as Spider-Man. Eventually, you run into Venom, you fight him, and then he decides to join you, and you get to play as Venom. And I think it switches back and forth. I don't know. It's been quite a while since I've I've played that game. Uh, I believe it switches back and forth. And then uh, as you continue through the game, there are other heroes you unlock, too. Exactly. That is what I am getting to. So there are other uh, heroes that you get to use as, like, an attack. So you can bring these other heroes in, and you basically press a button, and these heroes show up. Now, let's go over what what they do. Um, let's go over the, first off, the heroes that you get to see. Uh, the playable characters are obviously Spider-Man and Venom. The ones that you get to see are Black Cat, Cloak and Dagger, Firestar, Captain America, Deathlock, Iron Fist, Morbius. These are a bunch of names that probably almost nobody knew about back then. And nowadays everyone should know who's anyone who's seen anything to do with the MCU. Probably knows most of these names at this point. Maybe not Firestar or, Bla or Cloak and Dagger, but definitely Captain America, Deathlock, Iron Fist, and Morbius. So, um, Black Cat, when called by Spider-Man, Black Cat will cartwheel around the screen, damaging all enemies in the way. I kind of remember this because it was the most ridiculous thing. She's essentially that very silly. She's essentially in a Vitruvian Man pose and just is like sh -sh 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 -sh, wheeling around in both directions and makes like a, a ninja of... star. Yeah. Um, when called by Venom, Black Cat will pound on a random enemy in the screen. And then she'll cartwheel off screen, damaging <laughs> damaging whoever's in her way, which is quite funny actually too. Um, Cloak and Dagger, uh, Cloak envelops the entire screen with his darkness powers and damages all the enemies. And then, I like that one the best. And Dagger yeah, fires yeah. multiple light projectiles around the screen, damaging almost all the enemies. Um, Firestar. When called by Spider-Man, Firestar flies in, picks an enemy, and fires microwave blasts. Uh, her blasts are more effective against Carnage, which is good to know, in case you play the game. Or play it on an a emulator. Which I highly recommend. I highly recommend making your own and, and going for it. Um, personally, I'd make one out of a Raspberry Pi, because it's cheap. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, when called by Venom, Firestar will fly across the screen, screen and fire microwave blasts across the screen. So she doesn't necessarily target an enemy. She just fires them all the way across. Uh, Captain America. When called, Captain America swings his shield across the screen, damaging all enemies, both ground and air. Nice. Way to go, Very Cap. Nice. Yeah. Deathlock. When Deathlock is called... Uh, he will fire his weapons towards both sides of the screen. It's usually very useful against annoying, hard-to-hit enemies like Carrion. Am I pronouncing that right? Is it Carrion or Carrion? Uh, yes. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to it. Uh, Iron okay. Fist. When called by Spider-Man, Iron Fist will use his healing powers to completely fill the player's health. When called by Venom, Iron Fist will flying kick across the screen, damaging all the enemies on the ground. Morbius. When called by Spider-Man, Morbius sucks the life enemy of all enemies on the ground and damages them. Called by Venom, Morbius will fly across the screen. All enemies in the screen, except Carnage and company, will be stunned, allowing the players to attack without fear or reprisal. That's pretty, that's pretty sweet, actually. Nice. So yeah, that was a that was a pretty good game. That was probably the first Spider-Man game I ever played. I don't uh, know. I don't yeah, know about same. You. I think. I, I think honestly, probably the same. Yeah. But it was it was a great game. It was a good game. It was a just a standard beat 'em up. You walk in, start like, beating the crap out of people, and then move uh, on. It might be my favorite Carnage story. Maximum Carnage one. Yes. Yeah, it's a pretty good story. And I'd highly recommend uh, reading it, for sure. Just based on playing the game, I would totally read it. Because I've never actually read the Maximum Carnage line. No, you gotta. If there's one Carnage storyline I would read out of all of these, I would read Maximum Carnage. Nice, nice. Yeah, gotta start with favorite first. Also, it happens to be the first in the line, so... Uh, moving on to Web of Carnage. Web of Carnage. Now, Carnage escapes Ravencroft to kill his only childhood friend, Billy Bentime, who tricks Cletus into reverting to human form so Spider-Man can knock him out. Due to Cassidy's nice. weakness, Carnage ditches its host through Ravencroft's pipes to find its next host. Ben Riley, the current Spider-Man, because uh-huh. it was the Clone Saga. Mm. Yes, I was going to go into that. I actually found a few um, books where Carnage took over different characters. Some of them very interesting characters in the MC, or not in the MC, but the Marvel universe. Okay, hit it. I mean, I didn't want to. I didn't want to steal your thunder, but one of them that is just a single issue. But it sounds really cool, and I really want to read this one, and I would highly recommend everyone else read it. He takes over the Silver Surfer and becomes Carnage Cosmic. Yeah, that's actually at the end of this uh, particular run that I'm talking about. Nice. Yeah, It's in Amazing Spider-Man number 431. That is the issue in question. And then there's an entire series written by Dan Slott. Um... The Amazing Spider-Man's number 794 through 801, where he takes over um, the Green Goblin, or Norman Osborn in this case, and becomes the Red Goblin. 
this I don't was, think I've read that one, but that, that one sounds so, cool. So po- uh, supposedly, as was uh, what I read, Norman Osborn, uh, or uh, the current Spider-Man, had found a way through using nanotechnology to prevent him from accessing his Green Goblin persona. So okay. Norman Osborn basically was not able to use any of his Green Goblin stuff. Wasn't strong enough, wasn't all that jazz. And uh, Carnage comes along, and he allows him to surpass that by becoming the Red Goblin in this case. And then it just goes on from there, and it sounds awesome. And it was the very last of the ones written by Dan Slott uh, in 2015. So, Amazing Spider-Man number 794 through 801, if you want to see the Red Goblin. And uh, if you want to see Carnage Cosmic... Uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 431. Back to you, Ryan. Okay, so as Ben attempts to rid himself of the symbiote by exposing himself to an extreme burst of microwave energy, it works, but the symbiote makes its way back to Cassidy in Ravencroft. Meanwhile, a new warden of Ravencroft decides there's too much security around Cassidy's cell and uh, wants to cost-cut. So it results in another breakout. Cost-cutting measures, people. Those bastards <laughs> in Washington. If you have a superhuman, you know, ultra-strong <laughs> villain, I don't care. I don't prison. care how much tax dollars it costs. You keep that son of a bitch locked up. That's right. <laughs> Spider-Man and Silver Surfer arrive to stop Carnage's escape and successfully subdue the symbiote until it bonds itself to Silver Surfer. Creating Carnage Cosmic in a desperate attempt to Carnage Cosmic! Woo! Meanwhile, Spider-Man is forced to help Cassidy get to the hospital where it's revealed he has a terminal stomach tumor that was being kept back by the Carnage symbiote. Silver Surfer is able to resist the symbiote and returns it to Cassidy to keep him alive. Silver Surfer then imprisons Carnage in an unbreakable prison to reflect on his sins for eternity. Or so we think. Death and resurrection. Interesting. Cassidy somehow escapes the prison of the Silver Surfer, but is caught by Venom, uh, where Venom reabsorbs the Carnage symbiote, quote-unquote, killing it for good. Cassidy can't handle the absence of the symbiote and paints himself red, then commences with the mayhem only to lose to Spider-Man easily since he had no powers. Very he then ends up in Reed Richards' negative zone prison, where a mysterious voice draws him back to a fragment of the Carnage symbiote. Nice. Then other stuff happens that I couldn't quite find. It sound, oh, yeah. Absolutely. It sounded like an absolutely amazing storyline, especially because it's the Silver Surfer. Carnage retains knowledge from um, Clintar uh, when he was part of the hive, uh, hive Mind. At some point, and I'm guessing he recognized. Sorry, he recognized the Silver Surfer from when Galactus came to Clintar and was gonna take out Null, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. In the so he recognizes him from those days, and and that's how most of the symbiotes ended up on Earth because Null was no more. At some point, that's an interesting fact. Here's another fact I was reading about too. Uh, Eric Larson. Um, actually, who the one the one who designed the Cletus Cassidy uh, character in the first place? Mm-hmm. 
uh, before they decided they were going to make him part of the, the carnage thing. Yep. Um, has admitted that he actually modeled him after a very well-known comic book character from a competing uh, company. Oh. Which one do you think it is, Ryan? Ooh. I'll give you a hint. They don't have a great track record when it comes to making movies. Uh, is it The Flash? What? You said track record. Running. The Flash. Oh, what? God, you uh. focused on the wrong shit. No. But you got the, I mean, you got the right company. Right. Okay. Obviously, okay. that was an easy one. Now, let's get to the right character. It's a villain. Okay. Not, not a hero. Okay. Is it the Joker? It's the Joker, the clown prince of crime. Uh, he managed to uh, create something that seemed very influenced by the clown prince of crime in this case. And if you looked at both of them and how they handle shit, it seems pretty obvious that they're both one and the same, almost. Seem like they would probably argue most about how to kill people, not whether or not to kill people. Yeah, no, they both agree on one thing, and that's killing people is fun, and we got to keep doing it. Yeah, so, they're both psychopaths, and they're both completely batshit. Yeah, I... <laughs> one one literally ra- rather than figuratively being batshit, but. We're not going to go into that right now. Absolutely, that's that's another day. <laughs> that's another, that's another one for uh, for another day. But uh, th- th- I thought that was interesting, yeah. uh, especially because they tend to borrow uh, Marvel and DC for for decades for their entire existences have either influenced each other uh, directly or indirectly, or they've taken ideas from one another and turned them into something a little different. Or oh, exactly yeah, I mean, the same, just giving it a... forth, exactly the same different type of name, or they changed the costume a little bit. Sometimes they've just slapped they just slapped a new label on the same character. Um, there have been instances where uh, creators from both have switched sides. Uh, oh yeah, uh, and they both end up and they end up creating the same character on the other end. Like, I don't know if anybody's noticed this, but Slade Wilson from the Batman stories is kind of the same as Wade Wilson <laughs> from Marvel. There's just a couple of letters that were mistakenly changed. I mean, personality-wise, he's, you know, quite different. They're both mercenaries, though. And they they're both, both fantastic at killing people. But True, they're, they're but they are different, and they. Slade are... Wilson is not batshit insane, though. I don't know. That's really. He is extremely morally compromised. Ah, uh, okay. But I'll, I'll give you that. Definitely one. not insane. In the same sense that so was Ra's al Ghul. Right. Morally exactly. compromised. Mm-hmm. Where he he truly believes that his actions are you know what needs to get done, or at least Deadpool, you know, Deadpool's if he's getting paid for it. Batshit. Insane, and we love him for it. That's that's honestly. right. Never know what he's gonna do. You never know what he's gonna do, and he's the only Marvel character who knows that Stanley is dead. Yeah, that's a sad thought. Very sad. Yeah. R.I.P. The man. R.I.P. Stanley. The Sentry. Very similar to another character in in DC. Ooh, we are just getting to the Sentry. So mm. uh, the next thing I could find is. Where we pick up 
This is the one where the sentry rips him in half, right? Oh, come on. Damn man. it. Stole God it from you. Kevin. Uh, that's, why oh. that's why I mentioned the sentry. Bad, I knew dude. it. I knew it. I knew that was coming. Oh. So, uh, Cleese Cassidy Carnage ends up in the supervillain prison off of New York City called The Raft that we saw in Civil War until Electro nice. shuts down the prison's power and the events of New Avengers number one take place. This, as Carnage is set to escape, the Sentry shows up and flies him into space where he rips him in half. That's awesome. And I imagine that window pane in the uh, comic book was fantastic to see. Oh, it Two pieces so cool. of, of this random shit just ripped also, apart. Also, in my opinion, the, the standout Avengers uh, arc of probably the past... 10 15 years is uh new avengers where it's uh let's see if i remember them all uh luke cage captain america spider-man spider-woman wolverine which which spider-woman was this uh jessica drew okay very cool yeah i think there are more in there but i think that's the original couple nice uh but it's very good books very very good that's uh basically what brought me back to comic books um after like uh sticking to like spider-man as a kid is the avengers disassembled and new avengers now i will i'm I'm gonna be i'm gonna tread carefully here because i've clearly pissed you off with that whole uh century rips him in half are we gonna get into toxin at all uh I don't believe I can. Uh, no, I don't have toxin exactly in here, but I do have several other of uh, Carnage's spawn oh. coming up. Well, and for those who don't know, toxin is one of Carnage's uh, spawns. Um, apparently, during a battle with Venom, Carnage discovered his symbiote was about to give birth. Uh, feeling threatened by its existence, Carnage attempted to suppress it and destroy it. However, Venom wanted to raise and train the new symbiote as an ally and partner. Carnage, in his weakened state, was unable to kill said newborn, uh, and it bonded with a New York City cop named Patrick Mulligan. Fun fact, you see Patrick Mulligan in Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, and he Ah, appears to die in the end scene. Sorry, spoilers. Nice, nice. Um, and, And the end credits... It zooms into his eyes, which glow blue when he opens them. Yeah. So we so could Venom. be seeing Toxin if there's a Venom 3. That would be cool. I think we are. That's the only one that Sony seems to be getting right. So yeah. On their oh, own, sure on their own I believe. Capitalize it, yeah. uh, Venom named that symbiote Toxin after himself. Um, and then he feared that Toxin would grow to become someone very like Spider-Man. So Venom made a temporary alliance alliance with Carnage to kill his grandson. But in the end, they were defeated by the combined efforts of Spider-Man, Toxin, and Black Cat. Oh, there's Black Cat again. Black Cat, always hanging around Spider-Man. That's Man. true. There, there are quite a few storylines with those two as well, but that's yeah. for a, a more adult-themed show. Yeah, we're well, pretty sure that uh, they're doing the Dew. <laughs> the Mountain Dew. And uh, now it gets weird. Okay, so Cassidy's top half eventually falls to Earth, kept alive by the Carnage symbiote. He is found by Michael Hall, a mechanical prosthetic entrepreneur who wants to use a symbiote to make a techno-organic prosthesis and armor. 
He brings to the lab Shriek and Dr. Tannis uh, Neves, I believe it's pronounced, who aid Hall in preserving Carnage and Cassidy, yeah. who is pregnant. 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 Are you pregnant? Pregnant. Pregnant. With scorn. Scorn. Scorn attempts to bond with Shriek, but fails. It then bonds with Tannis, who defeats Shriek and weakens Carnage, but he manages to escape. And uh, fun fact, yeah. the Clintar will produce Spawn in times of need, duress, or stress. So uh, Venom has his own uh, Spawn. Yeah. Uh, do you have a list, Kevin? I, I don't uh, in front of me, no. Okay, so we're going to talk about a few of them in this next part, which is Carnage USA. So after escaping the lab, Carnage makes his way to a rural town where he splits himself so he can control the local populace. This is a foreshadowing for some recent events. As mayhem unfolds, Spider-Man shows up with Tannis, Scorn, and uh, Mercury team (laughs) who are bonded to Agony, Phage, Riot, and Lasher. The separation anxiety level Life Foundation symbiotes who were spawns of Venom. Nice. Uh, you'll note that that does not include Scream because Scream is bonded to someone else during this time and has not uh, been rounded up by the Mercury team. Well, it's interesting in the, that at some point in the history of Venom and Carnage in the comic books, uh, Carnage, in, or sorry, uh, Venom ends up eating Carnage back up? Which... Uh, there are a couple different examples of storylines, uh, some later, some before this, of Venom, quote-unquote, absorbing other symbiotes. Uh, and but In this case, you know, specifically Carnage. He, he ended up eating Carnage back, uh, which he did in the movie, Let There Be Carnage, which I thought was cool. Yes, yes, yeah. I thought that was... <laughs> Interesting. Well, we'll get we can get into that later. Well, yeah, that's not a problem. Keep 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 going. Uh, so, at this point, Agent Venom also shows up, who is uh, bonded to Flash Thompson. Agent Anti Venom. Uh, actually, it's Agent Venom at this point. Yeah, but he does become Agent Anti. He does become Anti Venom. Yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about Anti Venom a little bit later too. Scorn is able to subdue and capture the Carnage symbiote ending the rampage and control of the citizens of the rural town. Sometime later, Scorn corrupts Tannis and creates the cult of devotion to Carnage. Whoa. So there's a there's a lot of stuff here. There's a lot of stuff in each of these storylines. So we're gonna we're gonna power through a couple. <laughs> okay, I'm ready. So upcoming next is Axis. So Magneto tricks Carnage into helping him fight Red Onslaught which ends with Dr. Doom and Scarlet Witch casting a spell from the Darkhold, which ends up swapping moralities of all the heroes and villains present, creating incredible carnage. For a little bit, he enthusiastically bops around New York City, saving people through, uh, though ultimately doing more harm than good. Mm Mm-hmm. While he's doing that, the now evil Avengers and X-Men are building a gene bomb to eradicate humanity from Earth. 
so human so superhumans can prevail carnage ends up sacrificing himself so humanity can survive kevin can you guess what happens next uh after carnage sacrifices himself yeah yeah mm, the great god cthulhu uh good guess but no <laughs> uh he is not dead of course not carnage makes his way to uh, nova's hometown whom he became friends with while good to kill him so he can eradicate all memory of his goodness Nice. He gets beat down and tossed into an anthrax concert, which severely damages the Carnage symbiote. Okay. Nova drops off Cassidy in Rikers Island from where he... Fill it in for me, buddy. What? What does he do? Where? In Rikers Island. What happens? I have no idea. He escapes again. Oh. I feel, like you're, I feel like you're tossing up softballs and I'm just fucking stupid. Whoops. I'm sorry. Oh my god, it's like my bat is broken. Or it's like, too what's small. wrong with this thing? <laughs> uh, I'm waiting for you to get to the great god Cthulhu. Uh, it's Cthulhu, thank I you. I know, it's the elder god Cthulhu, but whatever. He escapes, obviously, to stumble upon a cult who worships Cthulhu and believes he plays a role in releasing their god. He then finds out that a victim of one of his slaughters survived, but it was a trap set by an FBI... FBI I can't... I cannot talk. It's so okay. uh, I cut this. Uh, cut that. Cut this. Cut it. Cut that. <laughs> set by an FBI agent, former Carnage host, John Jameson, Manwolf, and Eddie Brock with the Toxin symbiote. Hot. Uh, so, to... To continue with the cult, Carnage spills his blood on the Darkhold, which gives him semi-mystical powers. Hot. Uh, during the fight, Carnage creates a new offspring called Raze, who he bonds to the FBI agent Claire Dixon. During the fight, Eddie absorbs Raze and gives Toxin to Claire so she can fight Cathan. Both Toxin and Raze appear to be gone after the team uses the Darkhold to separate the symbiote from Cassidy, and Claire sacrifices herself to save the team from Carnage. Oh, it's about to get even crazier, because I titled this next part, Poisons or What the Fuck is Even Going On? <laughs> this is the poison invasion? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so at this point, we start to see multiversy stuff start to happen, or happen more often. A group of alien entities from another universe who evolved to bond permanently with symbiotes to end their ability to swap hosts and create a permanent death when the symbiote poison dies. Cassidy is abducted, believed to still be the host of Earth-616's Carnage symbiote, where he is not so. So they attempt to bond him to a new symbiote, which proves difficult to his psychosis but is eventually successful. After the bonding is revealed that Carnage is not loyal to the Poison Hive, and even though his physical body has been consumed by the Poison Symbiote, he is still in control. After battling Spider-Man and Venom, Venom yeets Carnage into space, and the next time we see him is in Venom 8, as remains in the hands of the Cult of Carnage, who plan to resurrect Carnage with a sample of the Grendel. <laughs> Do you have any fun facts about the poisons, Kevin? Oh, uh, no, no, no. You've pretty much gone through okay. all my fun facts. 
Fun fact, they are actually tiny little crystalline beings mm-hmm. uh, that become exponentially more powerful when they bond with a symbiote. Whoa. But they do uh, absorb the host to do that. They, uh, that whole thing had a whole range of books. Most of these things do. Uh, yeah, so there's plenty of stuff to read. Place. Uh, but supposedly these were all from Earth 17952. Yes, and uh, it ultimately culminates with the Poison Queen dying. But yep. since Carnage had been yeeted into space, he did not die from that action. Uh, so that brings us to one of the more recent Carnage storylines, Absolute Carnage. Absolute Carnage. Definitely a good collection to read. Nice. This is a, a, a good one. It has far-reaching uh, consequences for the current Marvel universe. Oh, Dark Carnage so, and the one below all. Yes, who is? Who's the one below all, Kev? Well, I mean, I have no idea. The Cosmic Satan? <laughs> no, the one below all is Null. Is it? Yeah, it's Null. Null is the god of the void, the master of all symbiotes. He claims to be the creator of the symbiotes, but that also proves to be maybe not true. So how does the one above all fit in, in this case? Uh, the, the one above all, as we'll get to... That's like way later. That's like, uh, you find about the one above all in King in Black. I yes. Uh, above all. There is a uh, cosmic force that you may be familiar with as it's appeared throughout several Marvel comic books. It usually takes um, hold of uh, one particularly powerful hero in the time of need. Uh, Do you know what I'm referring to? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of... There's uh, Eternity and Infinity, the Living Tribunal... um, there's a lot of uh, cosmic entities out there. Which one are we talking about? We are talking about the power of Captain Universe. What the freaking hell? Sometimes yes. I threw. I think they just grabbed a bunch of names out of a hat and said, "This is we're gonna call this one Captain." Mm, what's in the hat, John? Universe. Oh, Captain Universe. This one's gonna. I'm work. sorry. Are you talking about the quantum crankshaft? <laughs> quantum carburetor? What the <laughs> hell? Are you just slapping science <laughs> spacey names on, on actual car parts? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Now I've got to jump the multiversal battery. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, classic Rick and Morty. If you haven't seen it, I'm gonna go get. I'm gonna have to get my electron alternator fixed. Let's put oh. some space names on things, and it'll work. That's funny. Yeah, there you go. I'm pretty sure an alternator definitely deals with electrons, anyways. Electricity for sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Absolute carnage. Absolute carnage. The Cult of Carnage with Cassidy's Remains and the Grendel, a superpowered symbiote that later appears in the King in Black event as a symbiote dragon that swarms the planets they invade. The cult stole the sample of the Grendel from the Maker, a version of Reed Richards from the Ultimate Universe with a much looser moral say, code. Say Grendel five times fast. 
Mm. <laughs> Grendel, 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 Grendel. Grendel? The fl- yeah, the fleshy fun bridge. <laughs> With Carnage resurrected, Cassidy uses his more powerful symbiote to create mind worms, or weaker symbiotes that can control people's actions and later act as a suit like a fully-fledged symbiote. These individuals display a spiral on their forehead while in symbiote mode. Cassidy and the Mindworms go around New York City impersonating Brock and draw him out. Uh, while Brock is looking for Carnage, he is busy finding former hosts and ripping out their spines for their symbiote codexes, which will increase his power. So anyone who ever wears a symbiote becomes a codex for the symbiote hive. So Jeez. they Yes. Uh, so they essentially Brock become a, um, a giant database of knowledge on their yes. own. Yeah, so they uh, they retain some uh, little bit of the symbiote in their like body whenever they're possessed by a symbiote. So do you think that's it, what Venom was talking about in the moment. Sorry, do you think that was what Venom was talking about in the uh, Venom movie? Do you, uh, do you recall when he switched I, universes, he mentioned that he happens to know everything about everything in the universe? Uh, probably, he yeah. Could, he could be referring to the fact that he might be, at this point, past the Codex. That, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I think that's definitely something they could have been alluding to. Uh, so Brock finds out the Carnage is back and taking his former host's spines for the Codexes, seeking a way to keep former host safe from Carnage, Brock reaches out to Maker, who creates a machine that can extract codexes painlessly. Although at this time, Carnage's mindworms have begun to propagate and control large groups of normal citizens, causing fights between them and New York City heroes all over the city. During the fighting, many heroes fall to the control of the Carnage symbiotes, and we see Carnage repeat reappear as a 13-foot-tall symbiotized skeleton with a white spider chest pattern. Imagine that. 13 foot tall. This is. Uh, skeleton this... Carnage. Oh Jesus. That's cool. Uh, Brock engages Carnage. But refuses to kill to stop him. Which causes Venom to leave him. To bond with Bruce Banner. Though Bruce Banner is killed by Carnage. During the bonding. Hulk still emerges. And completes bonding to the Hulk. Uh, I didn't reread that at all <laughs> uh, and completes rebounding to venom and starts dealing actual damage to carnage being harmed by the venom hulk impresses carnage and he offers him an alliance which hulk rejects but carnage drives spikes into hulk's brain and absorbs the venom symbiote to become even more powerful that's with venom insane. added to his oh, i'm sorry what's up kev that's insane i know i mean i'm i'm l- I'm looking at uh, this. Um, sorry, this event, and it, it it's extraordinarily recently. Uh, it yeah. started in December of 2020 and ended in April of 2021. So, it it only just ended last year. Uh, with Venom added into his already powerful symbiote, Carnage gets a vision of the Green Door, or No, God of the Void and Master of the Symbiote's Prison. After losing the Venom symbiote, Brock returns to Maker's Lab to hide his son Dylan and Harry Osborne's son Normie Osborne. They make their way down to a small bunker in the subway tunnels with the help of Spider-Man. Unknown to Eddie, Dylan has discovered he has the power to drive out symbiotes from hosts 
and to damage them by force of will. What's really interesting is Null and his character. We don't actually... So he's he's revealed in the Thor God of Thunder series that I'm reading right now. His, mm-hmm. his, um, but he's not really like revealed. Like you know who it is because you you you're reading it a long time after it's or posthumously. Um, so Thor God, Thor God of Thunder number six, the one that I'm reading right now, in March 2013, his identity was unrevealed. He was mentioned as a dark god through which Gore managed to steal the um. It's not the Ebony Blade. What is it? Uh, Necrosword. There it is. The Necrosword. He managed to steal the Necrosword from. And then it wasn't until uh, Venom Volume 4, Number 3, August 2018, where he actually made an appearance. Which I find to be fascinating. Interesting. Fun fact about Null, in case anybody wanted to know. Yeah. Uh, Here's a fun fact about the Necrosword. It reappears... In uh, Savage Avengers number one, where Conan finds uh, the symbiote that forms the Necrosword in a cage above a fire, and uh, the bonds with the symbiote after becoming critically wounded, and wields the Necrosword through much of Savage Avengers. That's cool. Yes, and it's a pretty good run too. If you like, uh, they're adding some pretty the barbarian powerful uh, items into the MCU. That particular run, the Savage Avengers, mm-hmm. has uh, the reign of Kulin Gath, which is a like necromancer sorcerer type mm-hmm. uh, that you know Conan is uh, primarily set against. That uh, has some extremely powerful mystical objects. But no, I would, but I'm saying like the Necrosword is is going to be revealed. I assume in Thor: Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. um, but the Ebony Blade has been introduced in uh, Eternals. Yes. They're just like yep. add, adding on. The Darkhold was recently revealed. They're just adding ridiculously powerful items into the MCU, which is it's just oh, it's gonna get even crazier. Yes, it's it's gonna be straight up bonkers, yo. I would I hope that at some point they actually reveal. Like an a- like an actual cosmic cube, as opposed to what they called a cosmic cube, which was really just the tesseract. I could see them doing it at like the end of this phase. It could be because at that point, what's more powerful than the multiverse? Cosmic energy. Cosmic energy. At some point, they're going to reveal it. It may not be in phase four. It may not be in phase five. Could be after that. Mm-hmm. Who knows what the next big bad is going to be after Kang? I think it's going to be Galactus. Oh, God, we all know it's going to be Galactus at some point. Or Cathan. That's an interesting one. Hell, it could be it Null. Is. How the hell do we know? It could be Null. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, this assuming that they assuming assuming that they make a deal with Sony, because I imagine that at this point Null is in Sony's hands when it comes to. I don't to... know. Null is a newer character, though. Ooh. That's true. Yeah. It's a fairly new character that they could have. Yeah. I, I don't think they would have sold his rights. No. It would, when did Sony take over? Sony's had the rights to for a long time. Spider-Man yeah. and Venom for 20 plus years. 
They probably yeah. got it in the mid '90s when Marvel was doing a sell-off to hold onto their asses, pretty well, much. I think they were trying to, yeah, to make money by selling off some assets, some licensing assets. Yeah, I don't know. All right, that's a good point. So, I mean, if they are going to mention him in Thor: Love and Thunder with Gore the God Butcher having taken his Necro Sword. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it seems it could just be straight up setting it up for later. It honestly seems to me like at some point we are going to see possibly Carnage. I mean, we might see a different offshoot of Venom in uh, the MCU. I we... really, 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 really want it to be like found by uh, Tom Holland's Peter Parker and go through the Black Suit saga. Oh, like the and secret, like the Secret Wars after the, after the Secret Wars in this after case. After the Secret Wars, yeah, and uh, and I want it to lead to Maximum Carnage because I want Maximum well, it, Carnage. At this point, it may be prudent to check on what city he was in when he left the symbiote down. That's something I'm 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 giving everyone homework. Find yes. out. Do the homework. Find out what city Eddie Brock was lit was in while he was in the MCU universe, because that may reveal who is going to find the symbiote. Yes, you know, or it seems logical yeah. enough that eventually he'll run into something. Hell, he might have been in Boston for all the hell we know. Could have been in the tropics. Could have still been in the tropics. Who knows? Yeah. But that'll be interesting to find out. Then we might find out who that symbiote runs into first. Although yeah. it may not matter. You may be right that Tom Holland is the next one to run into it because I'll bet you that that, symbi- that symbiote hit the last thing that Eddie wanted to do was get to New York and find out what was going on with all of these right. crazy... The Hulk and and, uh, and Iron Man and all that jazz. So that thing may just be like, oh, I got to get to New York to meet Peter Parker or Spider Man. All that. Jazz. I gotta get Spider Man. Yeah. So we may we may just see the what you wanted to see. I, in the I want it with all of my being. You want them to do it right. That's what you. I want them to do it right because I think ultimately Marvel is going to do. A better job with uh, that property. Not that I think that Sony did a bad job. I just think that Marvel right now is in a place where they're making sure every little thing about their property is being handled right. They're also coming up with pretty creative ways to change it up from the comic books. Yes, they're giving us they're giving us old stories, but they're doing them differently, and that's pretty much what we want to see. It's yes. it's playing on everyone's nostalgia uh, strings, as well as as teaching kids new stuff about these heroes that they didn't know because they've never seen them before. Yeah, they're definitely putting an, enough spin out there where you've got this great character that's interesting. So I want to now go read all these comic books that have been out for a long time about them. I want to pick up the ongoing series, you know, uh, really feeding their own pocketbook i guess yeah they're feeding they're feeding the marvel bottom line in more yes. ways than one and thankfully the product that's coming out is interesting and worth reading yeah it's, it's definitely worth it that's awesome all right so the end of absolute carnage 
Ah, yes. Eddie, with Maker's help, uses the extracted codexes to recreate the Venom symbiote and leaves to find and defeat Carnage. Venom confronts Carnage, but is shown that many of his allies and friends are about to be killed or assimilated, while Carnage tries to convince Brock to give up the new Venom symbiote to him. A group of heroes show up and tilt the balance in Brock's advantage. And these are our great friends from Maximum Carnage, Cloak and Dagger, Iron Fist, Firestar, Mobius, Morbius, Mobius, Morbius, Morbius, Morbius. Morbius. <laughs> Michael Morbius, Michael Morbius, not Jared, Death Leto. Black, not Jared Leto, uh, Captain Marvel, Deadpool and Scream. Venom attacks Carnage and drives him to the ground, breaking through to the underground bunker. Carnage is able to grab Dylan and offers an ultimatum to Brock to let him kill Dylan and he will go or kill Carnage and release the God of the Void. No. Venom Ooh. forms a necrosword with his symbiote and impales Carnage before cutting him in half. As Cassidy's remains dissolve, Brock absorbs the symbiotes and Null is awakened. The end of Carnage? Question mark? <laughs> this is the end of the current uh, run of Carnage? Nope. <laughs> During the core of Venom books, it is revealed that Dylan found and kept a small piece of the Carnage symbiote that he is experimenting on with his powers. Now this leads to Venom Island, where Brock uh, goes to a remote island to try and finally destroy Carnage for good, which ends up with him not only losing a hand, but not fully defeating Carnage. And then that leads into King in Black. And that, honestly, on its own, could be an entire episode. King in Black? Mm-hmm. I'd I love to learn more about it. Yeah, so I think we're going to have to leave this on a little cliffhanger. And we're going to have to leave this one a pause for, for next week so that we can find out what happens with King in Black. Yes. The King in Black. Null. God of the Void. God of the Void. Um, this is going to be this is going to be interesting. I, I mean, so much, so much is going on with Carnage that I just didn't know. I know this is like one character. This is one character. This isn't even like the full extent of Carnage. There's much more out there to read if you find the character intriguing. There are a lot of storylines that you can look into. I. Uh, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the King in Black and uh, we're going to touch on Venom and Carnage and Symbiotes in that one. So it won't all be Carnage, uh, but we will talk about what comes after King in Black for Carnage as well. Awesome. So join us next week. We're going to go over more Symbiotes. We're going to go over Clintar, uh, Null, probably a, some Venom, probably some what were they shriek scorn uh so shriek is the superhero that uh partners up with carnage during maximum carnage. sorry not shriek not shriek we're going to talk about uh the life foundation symbiotes yes those ones which include uh phage uh riot lasher agony scream ah scream and... was the one i was thinking of not shriek i'm sorry <laughs> 
we'll talk about the uh, offspring of Venom and uh, some other notable symbiotes. Very cool. So please join us next week on Comic Book Fridays. And also, yeah, comic keep, book uh, Fridays. also keep paying attention <laughs> to our Stargate Sundays. Episode number five. Episode what? number five. Episode number five of Stargate this week yeah. is going to be... Sorry, it's called The First Commandment. It is the one with Captain Jonas Hansen, who is played by uh, the dad in Boy Meets World. Ooh. So, it's going to be fun. We're going to have to do that one. Very nice. And uh, uh, thank you to everybody who's listened to so far. And, uh, you know, don't hesitate to tweet us about things we could improve, stuff you like, stuff you don't. Yep. Uh, be gentle. Be gentle. Or we can be uh, guys are very soft. Yes, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter and Facebook, we're at seven days two the number two uh, RSG for both uh, Twitter and Facebook. So thanks again. We'll catch you again. We wish you seven days to rock and stone, Guardians. Rock and stone. Later. Bye.